once wrestled an anaconda with his penis till he realized the anaconda was his penis. Monsters tell their children stories about him when they misbehave. He's never died in dark souls. Under pressure and can't touch this stole the melody from him. His beard can only be trimmed with a chainsaw. He masturbates so that you may live. He is the angriest man in the world. Stay angry, my friends. You're tuned into the Joe Man Show. I'm your host, Joe Man, and tonight we've kind of got an open format show. I've got a guest, DJ Gosh, and uh, my better half, Ali Janish of Bluebird Botanicals. And uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. Gosh here is the reason that the show was titled The Angriest Man in the World. I'd like to think he kind of lives up to that reputation. If you follow him on Facebook, he's currently struggling to position his phone upward so that so that he can film the show for a live stream. It doesn't seem to be working out, but that's all right. Anyway, welcome, Gosh, and welcome, Allie. Thank you. Um, hopefully this sounds right. Thank you. All right, so I guess we'll start by having you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, and then we'll have Allie tell the listeners a little bit about herself as well. Where to start? So um, I'll I'll just I guess talk about um, musical background here. Uh, I started way way back in 2001. Um, just uh, we're good. Don't worry about it. Okay, that's, that's really <laughs> distracting. Um, 2001 collecting uh, records and such and I, I was always looking for the music I always called it uh, some odd reason uh, when I uh, when I was in high school I called it uh, new age you called it new age like Enya that, that's what I thought it was called <laughs> I could not figure out what the hell the genre was called because electronic Who wasn't can say where the road goes? so, so I, I, I got I got stuck ordering um, or not got stuck. Got stuck with a lot of CDs. Uh, remember back when you could order like 500 CDs uh, through the mail for publishers clearinghouse or whatever. Whatever right? it was, 20 <laughs> CDs. A month. So I'd order all these new age ones. I'd get stuck with all these stupid Enya and uh, well, there was that other um, group. I can't remember what the hell it was called. Anyway, it sounded. It sounds like the stuff you hear at all the yoga, uh, yoga studios today. So for years and years, I've thought maybe I was just not finding the right artist or what have you. Okay, okay. so you went from new age to trance. <laughs> no, I was I was looking for trance. I could not figure out what it was called. The first track that I heard that uh, that made me think, this is really close to what I want, was uh, Hathaway's uh, What is Love? <laughs> oh, I love that track. I, I Still till now, one of my favorites. It's just, it was, it was very close. It was so painfully close to what I wanted to... Uh, what I wanted to listen to, and then uh, for some odd reason, I joined the fraternity back when I was at uh, CU Boulder, and the entire thing, except the specific uh, incident, was an entire uh, waste of time. I did not realize how obnoxious drunk college kids could be until you put them all in one single house and have them live together. <laughs> so, but uh, my big brother, uh, his name was. Uh, he was one of the few guys in the fraternity that I that I actually liked. He's a he's an asshole like me, <laughs> but uh, his name was uh, Chris Masoni, and he was a uh, 
DJ for uh, I forgot what the production company was, Yellow Sixty Nine or something like Yellow that. Yellow Sixty Nine. That sounds is that what it? That sounds implicative. That's <laughs> Carl Peters. Is that what it is? Carl oh, oh that, he, he's okay. Yellow Sixty Nine. Yep. So. I, it makes me think of Golden Showers. I, 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 oh, it's, Carl. It's, <laughs> sorry about. I love that. Carl. Well, that might have been intentional, though. though I don't actually it know. may I'm have not going to apologize for it, Carl. You, I don't know. So. Well, it's silly name, but back then. Even uh, or the, I was I was lucky that I picked my name. It's uh, or how I picked my name. I at the time it wasn't really popular for uh, uh, somebody of Middle Eastern descent, not here, but just back home to be associated with um, anything to do with nightclubs or dancing or women not fully fun. covered. Or anything <laughs> anything's fun, fun whatsoever. It, 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 exactly right. So <laughs> I, so I, I couldn't play under my name. So I just picked a portion of my last name and decided to use that. And it actually, I'm pretty happy with the fact that it's lasted kind of the test of time. It's it's not a stu- it's not. Uh, I mean, back when I started, there was like DJ X and DJ Extreme. Oh, there's was, a DJ everything. Well, right, but there was a <laughs> lot of stupid names that you couldn't continue with. You had to change. Like, yeah, like, like imagine if you were DJ sixty nine or something back in early two thousands. That would be cool or entertaining or interesting. Mm-hmm. But now it's just this stupid. It, it would be stupid. So anyway. There's even a couple Joe Mans out there. There was one. There's one who actually he, he goes by Joe Joy Kitty Conti now, but he he released a track called Rag Attack that everyone just thinks is mine, and that's fine with me. And uh, it's it's house. It's old as shit, though. It came out in like '98 or something ridiculous like that. So you were two years old, <laughs> basically. And then and then there was another one who released a couple mixes on YouTube, but I mean, they, I think they just gave up because they realized I was the ubiquitous one and they weren't going to change that. And I also trademarked my name, so if they tried to keep going, I could just sue, sue them. <laughs> that, that's the, yeah. The most famous Joman is actually a beautiful Japanese actress. <laughs> Joman Chang. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Chang. So really, she's got you beat, and if she comes for you, buddy, good luck. She does not have me beat. <laughs> as far as Google is concerned, she doesn't fucking have me beat, and neither does anybody else. I don't know about that. We'll, well see. It, it's, <laughs> I, I mean, the, the, the only issue I run into is with uh, uh, Abu Gosh is Arabic, but Gosh by itself, the spelling is considered Indian sometimes. So uh, interesting. So sometimes a really skinny white, uh, not sorry, a really skinny Indian male will pop up in the uh, searches or uh, Indian actresses of some sort. But it's the first 15, 20 results are me, so I'm not super worried concerned. about it yeah <laughs> there is one other dj gosh d dot j dot guy and he's apparently some neuro uh, uh neurosurgeon or something so i don't think anyone's going to confuse <laughs> i don't think you have any no. competition no, there no, I think no. You're okay unless i change careers again 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 so well it's we'll, we'll, we'll get to it but anyway i i, I got derailed so i, I ran this uh, this kid at the fraternity um uh, chris Masoni. well not kid he's older than i am but uh, he was a DJ, and he actually uh, got me my first record. It was uh, it was uh, called Unity by. Have you heard of uh, Orchidia? Who? Arca- Orca- no, Orchidia. Orcadia. O r k i d e a. Orchidia. Yeah. No, I can't say I have. It's kind of a psy trance progressive outfit. It's. 
I should probably research more into it, but as far as who they are. But that was my first record, and I was that was one of my prized possessions. And then about three or four months later, the fraternity got broken into, and that was the only record that got stolen. Ah, <laughs> so, so I, was, I was I was pretty aggravated. But that that I found out at that point that it was called trance and not new age or even techno. I was listening to techno for a while, but I was listening to bona fide, you know, bass techno from, you know, Germany's sub uh, underground. That, that's interesting to me because I know you've talked a lot of shit about techno. Well, no, no, te- te- techno to me is <laughs> incomplete I, music. I know it, you've, you've referred to it as incomplete well, techno music. and tech house. Yes. So, tech house too? No uh, fucking way. Well, and I'm, now, and you, I'm sure ha- to, half the okay. <laughs> half the people. We're not all supposed to get along. Have you no, listened fine. to Maceo Plex? Have you listened to like Justin J or any of those guys? That shit is oh, excellent. I, I, three quarters of the people I unfortunately know in the DJing community are some sort of tech house guys. I mean, it is kind of it's it's a bandwagon, but it's, so it, is anything else, I suppose. Uh, not particularly. I uh, we're we're, we're going to flip the. Uh, Ego switch on here. I <laughs> oh oh it wasn't on already. I no didn't no no that. That, that that was on that was on about two. We're gonna probably go up to about six or something, and then oh, by good. by the by the end of the show we'll probably be at forty. So well, that ought to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. But we're gonna we're gonna put the brakes on your ego here yeah. for a second and have Allie introduce herself because oh, yeah. she hasn't had a chance I, to formally introduce yeah, herself I'm to our you listeners. Take it down to about a two. <laughs> we're for a couple two. of minutes. <laughs> we're ready at, oh, we're ready okay. at two. You just stay there. You can just rev your engine there for a minute. <laughs> so Allie, go ahead and tell yourself a little. Uh, tell uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, please. Um, well. I've done photography for six or seven years. Um, I've had a business card for at least that long, so I'm going to consider myself professional for all of those. Um, <laughs> well, you get, you, get, you get paid. Yeah, so. that's, that's pretty much that's, that's the definition of it. Um, and then I, uh, I work for Bluebird Botanicals, which is an amazing hemp company that um, allows me to make a difference every single day in a way that is just awesome. So, and obviously doing a lot of, uh, for a long time, been in the industry, um, as far as the nightclub industry goes, uh, for about 15, 15, 16 years in a lot of different capacities, whether it's been um, working in record stores of yore from many, many moons ago. Wait a minute. I, which record stores? Soulflower Records. When I was married to my ex-husband at the time, who is Jason Sin. I'm trying to remember. I must have. I've, I've, I shopped all the record stores, but I don't. It was always some random. Dip, pardon me. It was some random uh, dipshit DJ that kept trying to tell me what music to play, but I don't remember seeing you. Oh well, that's because I didn't usually tell you what records to play. But I would have noticed. I would have noticed. I'm, I would have noticed. I'm like, hey, there's not an asshole dude trying to tell me what to. Yeah, yeah, we were definitely there with uh, with Amy uh, Franklin and Thomas Heath and things like that. Did you work with Nutmeg? I did. Well, Nutmeg actually worked at Twist and Shout. That's that's. So he was he was different, but Nutmeg was there quite often. And when Soulflower was originally owned, uh, Jason Lovejoy. It was, was it was the, the map the point for half the parties. Right, we I sold all the now. tickets and mm-hmm. things like that. I remember. Um, now. And uh, when when I was with my ex husband, um, we actually used to throw really large raves in Denver. We owned Synesthesia Productions. He 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 booked me a couple of times. I remember, yeah. but yeah. I for some odd reason I have no idea. I I, do, I don't remember. He loves trance. 
<laughs> That's Wait, probably he can't, be all that, he can't be all that bad. He can't be that bad. He was a progressive trance DJ himself. What, trance was his uh, progressive is phenomenal. I wish that would. That this I is, wish that was still a thing. I'm trying, but there's so. This, this is hopefully something we can get to today. But the the, the, the when I shop for uh, music, I mm-hmm. don't understand. What, I I see progressive, mm-hmm. and I look in. I'm like, this is festival clown house. It's right. not. It's not progressive. And no. then when I go, try, well, well Port has recently reclassified a lot of things and they've added genre tags as well and i i was one of a few people that uh, that was very very upset when they got rid of electro house and i i have i have personal connections at beatport i know f- i have friends who work there so well, I, I reached out to them and and i was like I've what are you doing Adam too. yeah 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 <laughs> well, a lot a lot yeah. of people who you know would like to see this stuff classified properly so that people can find the music that they like were very upset and voiced their opinions um to to the beatport staff and mm-hmm. they've since added electro house again and they've added uh trap and future bass tags to mm-hmm. hip hop so that'll make it easier to sift through Future you know. bass is also a stupid name for a genre. Just in case somebody yeah, like, in case somebody likes um, it, I think you're stupid. I think I, the best example that I can come up with of future bass would be Elenium. I, I so I, big, big, big I know what stabs. It, and I know reverb. what it is. It's like it's like dubstep tempo, but without like trilly trap shit, but just big stabby synths and reverb and and like mm-hmm. just I, kind of emotive sounds I and get stuff it, like that. But it's almost a, as dumb a name as even one of the genres that I like. Uh, I like progressive. Yeah, but even I acknowledge that's a stupid name for a genre. Progressive? Yeah. Well, I mean, progressive house makes sense. No, no, there's it, there is progressive. I mean. I guess it is kind of a stupid name because every genre of electronic music is progressive to some degree. Like right. it, oh, at least the interesting shit, in my opinion, if it's not just something that's exactly the same the it, entire time, it, it progresses. It t- it's supposed to take you on a journey. So I guess anything could right. be considered progressive. And this is why the layman doesn't know what the fuck anybody's talking about when they're talking about subgenres of electronic and, music. Uh, and when I did, uh, disappeared, that well, not disappeared, went overseas for a couple of years, I came back and there were some genres. I, I was looking at them and I was like, what in the flying fuck does this even mean like what is what is this what is this genre mean but like i'm saying progressive what does that mean i know what it sounds like because i've played it for mm-hmm. for freaking ever but what does it mean right so future house at one point does it become current house <laughs> that kind of thing so it's, it's, uh, i give it five years and then a year later it will be Past house. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> old house. Old, old house. house, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yep. so. Old part. Or, I wonder yeah. if we're going to have classic house stations in 20 years or if you, anyone's, oh, there's, there's, there's already if anyone's cla- even going to fucking the, care enough. There's well, classic EDM well, stations well, and stuff like that. Uh, the uh, self-plug here, uh, we're playing with uh, Oakenfold in two weeks, but he's doing classic trance. To, to be more specific, well, Gosh yeah. and, and Adam, Adam Stark, Stark. Is, are opening for Paul Oakenfold at Beta Nightclub, and what is the date of that show? March 16th. March 16th. So be sure to make it down to that one, because Paul Oakenfold is obviously a legend. His uh, his mix Transport is probably one of my favorite mixes of all time. I, I still have that CD. I mean, unless you guys hate good music, then, then <laughs> stay away. Or like Future House, or whatever the fuck it is you'd listen to. But anyway, <laughs> if, if you like good music, come down. <laughs> well, there's a, there's an eclectic range of listeners here at KUHS, so I'd like to think that all of them are open to anything that's, you know, that it, at least coming from a place of sincerity and talent and skill. I'd, you know, uh, <laughs> which is pretty uh, limiting. As, assumption, assumption has led me astray many times before, so I'm, I'm going to assume. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you guys what I assume. But <laughs> in any case, so um, I forgot what we were saying. Stupid genre names. Yeah, we were but, talking about stupid genre names. So, 
that that uh, progressive trance. That's what we're talking right. about. How the fuck did we end on? That's all right. <laughs> well, I mean, I knew to come not, back not all, <laughs> I wasn't stressed about it. <laughs> not all trance would be progressive. Like think think about like late '90s trance. Like la 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 la. Well, it goes around the world just la 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 la. That's hardly progressive. So well, it, 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 it just does progressive that for like, trance. You have to understand. There was a genre like Noel Sanger was amazing. You know what I mean? He is amazing still. Correction, um, but did you say Noel Sanger? Yeah. Yes. When he used to do his progressive trance stuff, like I used to listen to his stuff in the you know we, when we would get in new record shipments, I would like literally pick out his to just go listen well, to. One one of my favorite albums till now is the old uh, what is it Northern Exposure for Sasha and Digweed. Yes. That was classic. I Cla- classic, that classic album. progressive. But yep. the, the 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 big problem now Way Out West, another well, wait, great one wait, too. Big. Nick Warren and Jody, incredible. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to <laughs> If I remember correctly, Adam will be opening for Way Out West at vinyl yes. as well. Uh, uh, I forget which Saturday. <laughs> it's a it's a Saturday, but I I, I don't know which one. That, that's bad. Oh, well, I guess that's, Adam will have to do his own promotion on I that one. I guess he will. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. Adam. Yeah, Adam, if you're listening, you might want to post something. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, He's been too busy posting my photo chops of him. Yes. I'm going to have to ask you for some of those. Uh, they're well, you, phenomenal uh, promotional materials. So. You have to you have to get a horrible promo photo of yourself. I've, see, see I've Adam, got... Adam Stark has this photo where it looks like he's getting a blowjob under the <laughs> the decks because he's got his head it's... in the air. And everyone's calling it, you know, quote, transgasm he's or, or trans boner. And so I photoshopped coming it. I, I actually made his head a boner in one. <laughs> and I actually put somebody under the table giving him head in another one. And then I made, I made him a llama and I made him a centaur. And I put him on Putin's body, and, and <laughs> this and, is how Joey shows love. This well, is how I show love to people. I troll them. them. I troll them more than he my enemies. It's a very strange them. way of showing love. The, the funny thing is, is when you put that uh, his head on Putin's body. Oh, it looks so natural. Well, that, 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 <laughs> I, that is what his body I looks like. Bought and paid for that one. I'm telling I, you, I was like, Dude, I, this looks real. Well, it, that's what he looks. That's what he looks like. I've seen the guy without a shirt on. <laughs> I know. It really, he, puts it that he, far. he he has he has a bit more hair. Oh, poor Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, if you're it worked, listening, it worked quite well. Adam, if you're listening, I don't know how you get laid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how we're ripping on him, and he's not even here. Uh, so, 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 somebody, somebody. Oh, I, somebody I, will I, tell him. Somebody will tell him, or he should be watching. Yeah, he'll be listening. Uh, whatever. Anyway, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> he finally started going. We, uh, him, and I did a. Uh, we should probably move on to something more important here, but I'll uh, <laughs> kind of just uh, do this one. We were doing a uh, uh, a fake uh, tag duo for Halloween called uh, Douches to uh, make fun of uh, what is it? Uh, God, damn, it was Gareth Emery and um, damn it, I forgot the. Other oh yeah, they did that spoof thing, uh, cunts. Yeah, cunts. That's right. Yeah, but it's not really a spoof because they're actually touring as cunts. <laughs> so yeah, that, of course, that, of course that, they are. Yeah, because apparently the only things that resonate now are fucking stupid things for some well, reason. Well, but like, like what's that? Cash me outside. How about that, girl? Like, oh, oh my god, god she cracks me up. I, Stop <laughs> making stupid people famous for the love of God. I still actually haven't watched what that video is about. Even though I feel like I have an intimate understanding, because most of the people I know are idiots and they keep posting. Okay, stuff. so she was she was this girl on Doctor Phil, and no, I don't, I don't care. She's a, she's borderline yeah, illiterate, and everybody thinks it's funny, and they turned it into a meme, and yes. idiocracy and I, is real, and, and we're I'm, doomed as a species. And I'm sure she's anyway. So we, uh, what was my? Oh yeah, Adam, Adam in the gym. 
Mm. And his allergy to the gym. Oh, so, is he going to and, the gym and, and well, nutrition. Well, well, he's, well, he's allergic to two things: the gym and nutrition. <laughs> As you can tell by his Putin body. <laughs> Putin body. He's gonna oh fucking kill him. Uh, <laughs> with with what muscles? You listening, Adam? <laughs> In any case, so um, back to. I guess progressive, uh, tra- or just genres in uh, general. Right. Uh, the big headache that I've uh, noticed, even with the promos that I get, and even just looking on these websites, is what's the popular genre out there? And then whatever it is that label produces, whether it's jungle or tech house or whatever it is, gets lumped into whatever that popular genre is. Uh-huh. And then uh, if... The, uh, the the music outlet like Beatport or Track It Done or whatever wants to change it, then they threaten to pull their uh, music out. But it's a nightmare for anybody trying to look for music. Cause right. It's really yeah. label-driven, for right. sure. They they actually file what they want them to be sold under mm-hmm. and what they're classifying it as. So mm-hmm. Beatport is definitely yeah, not some, the Yeah, some labels really push to be under specific categories. Right, and well, they do that for all kinds of reasons because sometimes it'll chart better in, in other genres, mm-hmm. um, but it'll flat out not be that genre. Yeah, right. Um, and that it, it does lead to all kinds of confusion, but at the same time, I'm not sure what Beatport was ever supposed to do about that. They can't really bite the hand that feeds. Um, by you know I, over cracking down on the labels, but I feel since they are quite a strong authority and they're probably the strongest uh, uh, electronic music outlet out there, that they should have uh, pioneered or uh, implemented some sort of uh, process for cracking down on wrong genres because. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously. Well, they, they've cracked down on on falsified sales. Well, that, that's so, yeah. that's a different uh, but, but topic. Cracking down that's on whole, genres. Yeah, that's cracking down on genres is a hard thing to do when you have millions of tracks that you have to sift through. You know. Well, I don't know. That's the thing is, is I, for instance, for um, the, the this last uh, show I played at uh, the church, I went through. Approximately twelve hundred tracks, and I, without exaggeration, I would say maybe seven of them were not incorrectly uh, 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 classified under which genre. Sure, and it, and it's a it's a it's a waste of time for me. And I, I didn't go on Beatport for probably about eight years because of just how bad the uh, the genre system was. Because I would look for music, and every time I would look for something, unless I knew specifically the name of the track, yeah, I couldn't find it. And that's why I for a long time followed specific labels and artists because mm-hmm. if you didn't you'd just repeatedly be frustrated and disappointed and you know you'd, out of a, out of 100 tracks you'd find maybe 5 that you liked mm-hmm. and that that was just the the experience that I kept finding myself having mm-hmm. but um but yeah with their with their tagging and their app Beatport Pro the Beatport Pro is a, app is freaking awesome because you can you can actually enter specific tags and then find exactly what kind of track you want to find just by entering those tags with that app that that's a phenomenal idea and i uh, i don't know who thought of it or well i know adam implemented it but i don't know who thought of it that's phenomenal we yeah. need more stuff like that and that's kind of more uh, a more organic intelligent way to put things into genres but i mean still if you don't have that desktop app because sometimes i I use uh, chromebooks a lot yeah i I can't use that uh it's it's not it's not native to the site it's some it should be it should like the pro app and the site should probably have have some sort of features correct correct so that 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 idea i like but 
it's a lot of genres going back to progressive trance probably died are dying in the uh, because of issues with um, uh, genre classification mm -hmm. with labeling so, yeah. well exactly right because people might listen to progressive trance and say well this is this is crap and but yeah. it's not pro uh, progressive and then people just get turned off when they see an actual mm -hmm. progressive track or listen to a progressive trance track in the future uh, they, they just won't give it an opportunity because they'll they would have mm -hmm. heard something that wasn't uh, me personally well, I, I definitely think that genre classification is an issue but I've also come to realize that I just I honestly I don't I think that electronic music has changed so much in the past years mm -hmm. it used to be People on the on the fringe, you know, people kind of outcast rebels that didn't fit in anywhere kind of came together for this euphoric spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. And now I think it's frat boys and all the same people who used to call you a fag for listening to electronic music in high school mm -hmm. have now completely permeated the scene. And now they de demand satisfying simple music with air horns and big dr obvious drops and synths. And, and I think it's become... Uh, <clears throat> A consumptive group that is hard <laughs> hard to describe as as I, in, I, I wouldn't call it an intellectual group. I don't not mean discerning, to, not yeah. discerning to that point. However, um, they're catering to artists yeah. as well as listeners, so it should be something that um, that does matter. You yeah, know what I mean that is treated like that. The, the problem that I see often and I see getting worse, although it seems like it's on the edge now is uh, I put a lot of the blame on promoters. Sure. Because first they've... Um, let's take Denver, for instance. Uh, remember the, uh, the, the Guido phase we had? The Guido phase? You're going to have to be way more specific. <laughs> the, it, it, was, uh, it, it was a grouping of uh, spiky-haired... Uh, I, don't, I don't know if they were just one particular... Uh, 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 hopefully, we don't sound too Trumpish. You're, you're referring it was to one the, particular you're, race. You're referring to the Jersey Shore types, and and any yes. listeners here who who might potentially take it, it offense to racial slurs. I am Italian, <laughs> uh, so as he as he talks about Guidos in a derogatory manner, just be aware that I I am of Guido descent. R right, so and, and it's, it's more so right. And I'm, I'm allowing him to do it, and that's why he's here because I can't just have people who fucking agree with me all the time. I gotta have. Some fucking complete and total assholes like Gosh here. Well, uh, it's it's more so the the, the social grouping, not the. Uh, but anyway, uh, for uh, there there was a uh, phase here for a while where the the uh, I'm just gonna call them Guidos for the Guidos made up almost a third to a half of the uh -huh. people attending the shows. Right, and that's when I remember remember when. Uh, Global brought the uh, LMFAO. I do. Mm -hmm. That was that was kind of the the tipping point as far as I was concerned because we, or I should say, promoters started catering to whatever would bring people to the shows, regardless of what kind of people or what kind of atmosphere. No, that created. absolutely. That's a that, and that's a good point because it stopped being about. The music, and it started being about your guest list and how many heads you could bring. Right. It was, and, I, and, it, and it is so much about that now mm -hmm. that I think a lot of artists stagnate and just quit because because it's so much about the the social aspect and the popularity, and it's right. become and the 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 
music side in a lot of cases has become secondary. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, that's kind of what I was uh, the point that I was uh, ramping up to is I remember when I first started uh, DJing, um, people gave a shit who the DJ was. But they didn't give a shit as far as what the DJ looked like or what the stage setup was like. Most of them were fat, unattractive yeah, people in seeing sh- the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It looked like they dwelled in, in their studios shitty, all the time, yeah. practicing, which is what in, they in, did. in in I shitty jeans and yeah, even even <laughs> barely showered and exa- And we've got a car alarm going on in the background. <laughs> we everything's okay, but. Um, Damn it! Lost my train of thought. Uh, no worries. Okay. No. Well, while the car alarm is going off in the background, we're going to take a quick musical break. This is a really appropriate track for me to be playing Chubby because Paul. this was this was the first track that got uh, Gosh and at the time Eric Fredheim's attention from me. Uh, it's a track I did called "The Flow" that never got released, mm-hmm. and Eric Fredheim heard it, and that's when they kind of started to bring me into the fold and have me playing shows and stuff like that. And I didn't know how to fucking DJ. I'd been producing forever, but I didn't know how to DJ yet. But that's when I started learning. And this track is called "The Flow." It's unreleased, and I'm going to follow that up with another track that I really had to dig through my catalog to find. This one's actually um, a bonus you, track on an EP. You should play my favorite track of yours. I already played that one on last week's. Son of a bitch. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and play The Flow, and I'm going to follow that up with my collaboration with uh, Denver legend Kaya, No Pants Party. So this is The Flow and No Pants Party. Enjoy. Inside, 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 inside,
as you possibly can It's time for us to carry a message to the man Come get lost inside the flow It'll take you deeper, deeper, deep as it can go Come get lost inside the flow It'll take you deeper, deeper, deep as it can go Oh, 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 oh,
What ends with a man and starts with a Joe. Baby, it's the Joe Man Show.
its ghost peppers just to feel something inside. A honey badger once told him to lighten up. He once killed two stones with one bird. He uses a belt sander on his balls to get off. He can eat just one Dorito. He once gave a woman an orgasm by touching her shoulder. She's still having it to this day. He is the angriest man in the world. Stay angry, my friends. And we're back. You're tuned into the Joe Man Show here on KUHS Denver. I'm your host, Joe Man. That last track you heard was a track I did with a local here named Kaya called No Pants Party. And the track before that was a track called The Flow, which was never released. And uh, No Pants Party, you can find, if you rifle through my catalog on Velcro City Records, you can find that one. And speaking of Velcro City Records, man... What a crazy trip my time with that label was. I was with them for a few years, and it was my early 20s, and I was reckless as shit. And I, I wish I could say that, that that relationship was still anything at all, <laughs> but it's not anymore. I told you. <laughs> hey, that's how I met him. <laughs> yeah, she met me when I was a reckless fucking drunkard 20-something nuts oh. kid. And... Yeah. Uh, I basically like had a nervous breakdown and did a bunch of stupid shit, and uh, now they don't talk to me anymore. But which nervous breakdown? No, which nervous that's breakdown? Not necessarily true. <laughs> you produced for for them and under them for a good solid three years, and continue to do remixes for them. I think you had almost it was close to what was it twenty five to thirty releases. Uh, it, I, yeah, it's it's somewhere in that range, like thirty two or something. It like was pretty that. significant. And the I relationship did, was significant. And it, it's definitely it was. not. It's not a bad relationship, but the label has. Um, They've just, they've continued. You kind of moved on in your own direction and started branching off in some other labels. I don't think that it, well, they, not they, every they relationship did. is meant to, it's not, you know, it's not all supposed to be forever. They, they decided to kind of, they decided <laughs> to kind of niche themselves into right. indie house and tech house. Which they're amazing at. And I think that's definitely not a bad thing at all. I don't know if amazing and tech house go together. Yeah. <laughs> Indie house, indie new disco. Actually, indie new disco. I'm going to play. I'm going to play one of my new disco tracks that I released on VCR. The Odal remix. I I was, I was, I was rifling through my catalog, and I was like, "This is fucking good. I might as well play that on the show." So I'll play that one later. They were a great local label. And then I'm also going to start. I'm going to play another one that uh, that actually got played on BBC Radio One a few years ago. So that'll be that'll be fun. But um, man, there's a lot of shit that we could that we could talk about. Tonight, we just Ali and I just watched the OJ Made in America documentary, which was amazing. I mean, OJ was a little—I wouldn't say before my time because I was alive, but I was so young that I couldn't have cared less. It was and they showed before no, your time. They showed not, all the not old footage. enough to watch TV. Yeah, they showed it was all the footage. Before your time. They showed you know all the the trials and everything. And he was guilty as sin. Where, but man, I never were seen were, like. Were you in high school? Uh, I was in middle school, actually, when they read that verdict. What um, year was it? I'm trying to... It was 95 or 96. I'm thinking 95. I was just starting <laughs> high school. What are people saying on your live feed? Oh. Justin Hamilton, what's up, terrorist with a beard kissing a dog? Cute. Nice. Yeah, no, it was it was 95 <laughs> when they actually read that verdict. I was in middle school, and I was telling Joey it was really interesting because um, they played it over the loud system. In my middle school, it was such. The I mean, verdict. it was such a prolific trial, and it really. 
um, what was nice about this documentary, because I've seen a couple of different ones about O.J. Simpson, and uh, this one was very, very well done. It did just win an Oscar, um, very well deserved, um, but it really explored more into the time frame and what was going on around O.J. Simpson and things like that that he was very unaware of because he really was not very involved in any kind of race um, type platform arguments and things like that. Yeah, they talked about the civil rights. Yeah, they talked about the civil rights movement and how he was very non-participant and how he was like, I just want to be called O.J. And a few of the people that they interviewed pointed out, they're like, yeah, you want to be judged for your for the content of your character, not the color of your skin, which is what people are working to provide you to be able to appreciate. And you've basically distanced yourself from the African American Mm -hmm. community. And like they they delve into the L.A. riots and you know some of the some of the police shootings and brutality like the Rodney King beating right. and the the little girl who got shot by the Korean um, grocer. Grocer and and name. just just how yeah. much political an old, a Korean grocer had um, gotten to an argument with a girl. She was standing at the counter, um, a young black girl. I can't remember her age. I think maybe fourteen. Oh god. Um, she actually showed up to the counter with the item she wanted to purchase and her cash in the other hand. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow an argument ensued. I'm not sure it was a you know store um, security footage type thing. So mm-hmm. argument ensued. Um, she ended up. The grocer ended up kind of throwing something at the girl. So the girl basically leaves everything on the counter and goes to walk away. And as she walks away, the uh, older woman ends up shooting her in the back of the head. And it was 13 days after the Rodney King beating had had taken place. Um, And she went to trial, and um, the judge that sat and uh, decided on it, they wanted to give her 30 years to life, is what the recommendation was. She ended up getting... um, I think five to six years of probation and didn't spend a single day in jail. I shot a little girl in the back of the head and got probation. I mean, if and people want to say institutional racism doesn't exist. Oh, Give me a fucking break. Does, but well, obviously it just kind of segues nicely into <laughs> into the, other things. Into, into, <laughs> but it's anybody that says racism's not a thing is we're, we're, not paying we're, attention. We're, we're never going to get away from it, I think, right. is the understanding that we have to get to. It's mm-hmm. just who at that particular time is the subject of mm-hmm. racism, which sure. particular race. Absolutely. Vietnam. And the degree to which it's socially acceptable, which has thankfully been, been pushed to the back background quite a bit. Still not gone but by any means, no. but not, not like it was even, even back during the OJ trials when you know those those events were happening. We have made progress, but it's been slow progress. It's well, been we've, discouragingly we've, through we've slow made, progress. We've made progress through law, but I right. one point that I was trying to make a uh, f- uh, few weeks ago because of the uh, that uh, situation with the travel ban. But uh, the amounts of times that I've been arrested for being beige. <laughs> haven't really changed whether Bush was president or Obama mm-hmm. was president. I I got put in jail four times. Wow. For literally being beige in a lighter skinned area. I was uh, Oh shit. Uh last last year? I think it was it was either last year or end of the year before I was in the Springs. I was picking up a um a friend of mine from the uh, Air Force Academy. Mm-hmm. And when I pulled in, they looked at my ID, and 10 seconds into it, I could tell the guy was freaking out looking at it. And then eventually I got told, hey, can you just pull your car forward and just park 
park right there, and I got blocked in by a couple of Humvees, and oh literally, that's always good. News. Four guys with M4s came up to my window and told me to get out of the car. Oh my goodness! And I was in, uh, I was literally interrogated for about eighteen hours. Uh, luckily, I had a friend in the Springs. I called him up. I said, "If I disappear, this is where I'm at." And I'm guessing they probably rifled through your car as well. I. I'm sure they did, yeah. but it, it's just for literally no reason than because of, I guess, what I was or my name or what have you. So, it, But what I'm saying, point of what I'm saying is whether we have a Cheeto for a president or a black guy for a president or an idiot son of a decent president, <laughs> the racism doesn't go away. It's always, yeah. it's always here. Absolutely. So it's – there's not – Less racism now? No, it's it's a matter of how thin the veil is. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, really yeah. exactly right. That's and right now, it. the veil is very, very thin on a lot of issues, unfortunately, too. But with racism mm-hmm. and stuff like that, especially, and it's like, okay, well, now it's pulled back. Now we have to really address these things. Like, and and I think that that's kind of. That's the only silver lining way that I can look at it, obviously, because it's not a positive situation. I would rather it be thin. Exactly. I would, I'd I, rather deal with I it. I would rather know if you're out. a racist fuckhead than you exactly. pretending to not yeah, be a racist like fuckhead. Yeah, and secretive. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Bring exactly. it out into the light. Yeah. Deal with it. Kill yeah. it at the root. Do what you have to do. But or, we can't – if we're not talking about it, we're not solving anything. But th- this is also uh, my thought on it. Uh, well, uh, I forget. What state was it in where that um, bakery – didn't want to serve that. Uh, I think that was here. I'm pretty sure that I was here. I think that was Colorado. That, that's the second time. So it, it must be here because I, I wasn't 100% I sure. I think that's happened here two times. Yeah. Well, and, and this is my I thought. May be, I may we be wrong on that. Don't quote me say. on that. But I, it, one of them was definitely here. But they're not fabulous. But they're not gay cakes. <laughs> no. but, but, but see, this is, this, is, this is my thought. I don't think you should force people to serve people that they don't want to. Because okay. if there – for instance, say if there was a – restaurant that didn't want to serve arabs mm-hmm. i don't want them to serve me i don't want to right. force them to take my money fuck those guys i I, yeah. I, want, I want to get the word out it's like hey you know these guys this is what they do and i would hope that society in general would go you know what no this is a fucked up thing we're not going to give these guys our business but right. if and, and the social justice aspect of it is something that does take hold and you know a lot of those people's reputations were destroyed and in turn their businesses shut down mm-hmm. which yeah. you know if that's society's way of dealing with it then so be it but what you're saying is that you don't think there should be any kind of legal ramifications no 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 because the thing is if you're if if you are a piece of shit mm-hmm. there, sh- there shouldn't be anything legal to force you to or not be because I would rather know you're a piece of shit and I would rather right. you fail sure. due to being a piece of garbage. So that that's that's my as long as it's not something like uh, you know oh you can't fly because you're black or yeah, you know course, something like right. that. But a rest a, right, a bakery is not a difference. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a, that is it, and I I really do actually genuinely agree with you on that point because I don't think that. Um, we have we have a right mm-hmm. to live out whatever our you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I, and I understand that with discrimination this line is very thin and it, it is very hard to where does that line of discrimination stop you know are mm-hmm. you discriminating because someone's disabled or is it because of you know their sexual orientation or but at the same time I don't think that it should be a legal responsibility. Well, uh, it's you know, it's, or something that the, the line is a little fuzzy because there are services that you can't have any sort of discrimination in at right. all, and that needs to be legally Absolutely. pressed on. 
But, you know, if I can't get a cake... But a cake, yeah. Who the fuck gives a shit? There's 8 million fucking bakeries that I can go get a cake from. But Mm -hmm. if I can't go to a hospital because they don't want to help me... Or if I can't go to a school because, you know... So that, that, that to me, is the uh, issue. So I I, I don't agree that we should force people to not be racist. Mm -hmm. As long as they're not in some sort of capacity that's essential to... I don't want to call a utilities company and be like, "Oh, your last name is Abugash." Well, we don't supply power right. here, kind right. kind of thing. But if yeah, if it's a restaurant, it's a cake, or, a, then go or it's a gym, else. or it's a whatever the fuck. If sure. it's something not important, then then I don't think that's something we should force mm-hmm. on. And I, I actually, I for the most part agree with you guys. But just to play devil's advocate, the same argument could have been made in a lot of cases about Jim Crow laws in the South in the '60s, because those were weren't necessarily i mean obviously you had the buses and transportation and stuff which you brought up and that's obviously more significant mm-hmm. but you had diners that african-americans couldn't go into and you had separate drinking fountains and, and stuff like that so at what point do you cross the line into that separate but equal realm where where we're repeating history again there, and I know that's a tough question. That's why I asked it. Well, it's it, it's not that it's a tough question. It's you can band-aid a situation forever by putting regulations for it working a certain way, or you can let something die because it actually is a horrible way for something to function. Sure. But the thing is, is keep in mind, America could just be racist to the core. And if we let stuff keep going, you know, it might just become a completely white con- – and maybe that's what it deserves. Mm-hmm. Part of the whole thing with Trump taking presidencies, like, you know what? Maybe there's a lot of people here that do want something like that. Just because it's morally incorrect doesn't mean the majority doesn't want it. Some right. people just want to watch the world burn. Well, or, you know, it, 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 yes, sure. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's just because something's wrong. Doesn't mean that people don't want it. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously. So I mean, it's, that's reflected in our our political sphere all the time. Well, and it's not just here. You, you I mean, Korea. Oh, <laughs> that's a whole other level. <laughs> exactly right. So it's we, we have to decide: is do we is is it the tyranny of the minority to say, hey, you shouldn't be racist? Is it the, did you is it the tyranny of the minority to it, say, hey, you shouldn't be racist? No, no. If if the minority. Are the ones that are actually moral and uh, want you know to not be any racist, and the majority is actually racist. Uh-huh. Would that be considered tyranny? Like it's it's a weird question. I, it's, I I get what you're saying. I would consider it more pushback than anything. I mean, ideally, mm-hmm. you shouldn't even have to. You know, in in, in right. a perfect society, it shouldn't even be an issue. I mean, it's such a trivial fucking thing. It's genetics. It's it's what part of the world you come from, and it's not something that you choose. And the fact that people judge others on that basis is completely fucked up and there are so many systemic things that people don't take into account like you know obviously there's gang culture and thugs and i think a lot of people have prejudices because of what is bred from the ghettos but they they fail to remember that we've created those ghettos and we've segregated them ourselves and it's and we've we've made it a part of our society so we are largely in part to blame for a lot of those consequences of poor education and and isolation in in impoverished areas and it's just, I think it's a multi-layered issue. You know what I mean? And you actually bring up a good point. I, I had a discussion with, uh, feel free to jump in here. Oh, yeah. But uh, um, it, uh, I frequent a lot of the 
cigar stores around town or literally anywhere I go. <laughs> so, um, and we usually get into philosophical and uh, religious discussions, but uh, one of the topics that I got into relating sort of to what you were just saying, it, one of the questions I got asked is why do Muslims want to kill, you know, white Christians? And the fact that that question was posed pointed to the fact that nobody understands why the situation currently is the way it is. Yeah. They don't understand that there's about a hundred years of, for lack of a better term, fuckery in the Middle East by, you know, the West and Europe. Mm-hmm. At least. At, at the very, for, for anything currently happening, it's about a hundred years. Yeah. So uh, the the... The fact that they just look at a current situation and don't assume that there's any sort of precedent as to why it's this way. They don't think, well, this Arab guy decided to blow up this building because three years ago, you know, his family house was like blown up by some uh, random drone that, you know, some guy in Texas was flying. Sure. And, you know, nothing happened. He was literally impotent to do anything about it. Yeah. Killing on both sides is incorrect. But nobody takes into effect is like, well, and that, people and are reacting yeah, to something. And, and that's taboo oh, yeah. in a lot of circles. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of people won't even go there. They'll mm-hmm. just say, you know, 9-11, the most fucked up thing that ever happened. But they won't take into consideration any of the things that, that led up to it. And maybe that's a fucked up thing to say. But you could say the same goddamn thing about Pearl Harbor. Like, there weren't tariffs that led up to that like like it like it just came like it fell out of the fucking sky for lack of a better term you know no nobody does anything for no as much as we'd like to think that's the case nobody does anything for no reason there always is a reason sometimes the reason is stupid yeah but uh, absolutely and an eye for an eye certainly makes the whole world blind true but you can't say that there's no reason for somebody wanting to poke your eye out. No, of yeah, course not. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, you know, and that was what um, what was really interesting about the O.J. Simpson thing, too, is that there's, um, they actually had a juror on there who said that 90% of the black jurors, mm-hmm. um, it was in revenge of Rodney King. Yeah, it was because they, nothing they happened with Rodney King. It. Oh, yeah. One yeah. of them was, and I was actually really um, taken aback by her candor about it because she just, they asked her, they were like, do you feel that this was done in revenge for what was happening at the time and, or, you know, surrounding that? And um, she said, yes. She was like, absolutely. Yeah. And then another juror, though, who was also a young black woman mm-hmm. who um, said, no. She goes, I don't, I don't believe that was the case. So it was interesting that they could even say, I mean, they only deliberated for three hours. True. And, and, and so it's, well, and then, and then when he went, when OJ years later robbed those memorabilia dealers at gunpoint, that same woman who said that, you know, get voting for him, the non-guilty verdict was revenge for Rodney King. When he, when OJ, you know, held those guys at gunpoint, she was like, all right, why would you do that? You're on your own. Like you're like. Dumbass, basically. That, that, that's, that, that reminds me of the, what was the name, DJ AM? DJ AM? Adam, yeah. It, the the one that survi- survived a freaking plane crash and then right. OD'd himself the next year. Well, it's like that, you, you, you survived. He had massive survival. You're not, I mean, you're not taking into consideration mental illness and, I, and I depression am. and how I, severe it can be. I am. Are you, are you telling me OJ was not retarded? Oh, OJ's, OJ's a fucking uh, moron and he's guilty as sin, but... DJ AM 
he had struggled with addiction prior and the trauma of that experience kind mm. of set him off I'm, back on a bad path. I mm. wouldn't consider that. I don't, I, I mean, I can't come down on him for that. That you can't look at that like a Darwinian. Uh, well, kind of thing. No, no, to, to me, I'm looking at it as you had a golden situation that, that you survived mm-hmm. like with OJ, you literally, you but, are but a black some people you, would rather die. You That's are, the thing. Some people went after experiencing something like that and seeing your best friend like seventy five percent of their body burned or whatever mm-hmm. the, the percentage was. Some people don't even want to live with those memories. Some I, people are so I'm traumatized not, with that experience. I'm that not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing. All I'm saying is it's a shame. It is a shame because again, like with OJ, you are a black guy that killed a white woman. Mm-hmm. And then go to jail for it, right? And a, white, get, and a white man, and a white man too. Yeah. I mean, th- there's literally no way you can get out of that. But you get, and then you go do that, right? You were given a situation where it's like, you know what? You got your well, revenge, situationally, yeah, your revenge murder boner taken <laughs> care of, and you literally had to do nothing about it. You well, just, he, yeah, the, what he most blew in most his of life. the community knew that he was guilty mm-hmm. and he was ostracized and shunned and exiled basically from society a lot of he, didn't, he, was he didn't have a career anymore. a lot of I mean, people loved you, him regardless you are still not in jail keep in mind right that's <laughs> that, right the, i would rather everybody and, hate me and not be in jail <laughs> and he did he did lose in civil court where he ended up having to give up all of his belongings and things like that obviously yeah the, the goldmans did take him to civil court after they lost mm-hmm. um their verdict but um yeah, I mean so, it is. It, it, you do take something. He was he was even watching those videos um, was really impactful for me because, like I told Joey, with my age, how I remembered him was always as a sports announcer. Um, that was his I, I just remember career. him from the Naked Gun. <laughs> right, and then the Naked <laughs> Gun, and then his really him bad before, acting. Before watching <laughs> so that documentary, that's yeah. all I could remember yeah, exactly. was the Naked Gun movies. But and that was would, where he went. But he was a legendary was track NFL runner and Egypt. football player. I, and that, that, I, he was from, more than legendary. From the day I was born till now, I still don't give a fuck about sports. So I, I literally – that's all I knew him from was Naked right. Gun. And, and a lot of and, people did. And I think and I think our generation, I think that's how, how he was known at the time. But prior to that, it was really interesting is it, is because – Is an NPR yeah, podcast I, or what? I'm sorry. Are you, are you offended that we're talking about things that are important? <laughs> who was that? Kenny? Hmm. Let's just get baked and be like, yeah, vibes, good vibes, man. I'm, I'm the wrong person for yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, why are you friends with this guy? Mm. I feel like you're you're looking in the wrong area. Uh. But, yeah, it was interesting. It was really interesting to see the um, footage of him, mm. I guess, and really understand the collegiate level and uh, the mass of his um, athletic triumphs were pretty pretty intense. It's pretty intense to go from that to where he's at now, which is in jail. Obviously, but well, again, but so a lot of things in the civil rights movements and how that affected that trial and what that trial really set the precedent for moving forward and um, I don't know, it's very interesting, well, really very good. I, I guess let me end it on this one. I, the, the basic problem of the I guess racist issues we're having is situations like that where you might do something for someone. Sorry, might do something for someone that's not right. Because it's in reference to some, for instance, they let him off the hook mm-hmm. because they weren't able to do anything for right. uh, for the Rodney King for the Rodney King right. uh, beating. So you, justice starts getting screwed up because right. that's it. You and, and you breed that situation, and you you could actually let somebody guilty go because you're trying to compensate for something because of this right. uh, intrinsic uh, situation. Mm-hmm. Any case, enough about. Uh, 
OJ. I never looked. Well, I guess he was kind of funny, but I didn't really, I guess, care or like him. <laughs> so. Well, it's it's relevant, and the reason that they they did both the People versus OJ Simpson and that documentary OJ Made in America is because this year there's the potential of him being paroled in October for him. Yeah, yeah, for OJ being paroled because he's in jail right now on on felony charges. They they threw the fucking book at him basically <laughs> to get back at him for getting off originally. They and gave being him the, stupid enough, yeah. they to go they, they gave him the stiffest exactly. possible sentence for one one of the uh, one of the guys on the Johnny Co- Cochran team said that it should have been a a two year sentence dripping wet. So at, at worst, you know, he was saying that, that the the holding everybody at gunpoint should have been like two years at most. They gave him 33 years. So they threw the fucking book at him. Mm-hmm. Again, revenge for another situation. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's all these So it, it, that, that particular situation, it yeah, was not. It round and round and round, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So anyway. if you're listening, I don't believe I have to tell you this, but uh, don't be racist. <laughs> Don't be racist. Don't be. It doesn't work out well for anybody. It's, it's not a good idea. <laughs> All right, we're going to take another musical break. I've got a couple tracks. I've got a track, uh, Jelly for the Babies featuring Golly, Can't Sleep, the Joe Man remix. This is my remix. This was played on 93.3 a few years ago. Mm. And then I'm going to follow that up with my remix of Plaza de Funk's Super Funk, which was played on BBC's Radio 1, again, a few years back. I want to say 2009 or 2010. So we're going to play these two tracks, then we're going to jump back into it, and I hope you enjoy. When the dark was melting on my window glass
The eye of Sauron blinks when it sees him. His mortal enemy is inspirational quotes. John McCain apologizes to him. Happy Days was canceled when he was born. He exfoliates his face with handfuls of broken glass. He is the angriest man in the world. Stay angry, my friends. And we're back. You're tuned into the Joe Man Show on KUHS Denver. That last track you just heard was Plaza Day Funk Super Funk, the Joe Man remix. You can find that one on Beatport. And I'm here with Gosh and Ali Janish of Bluebird Botanicals. Thank you guys for joining me. Yo. Fuck you. <laughs> we had uh, we had quite the conversation during the break. We were talking about how retarded I apparently am and. <laughs> it's was, it was very interesting, but we wanted to delve into something a little bit more universal. Uh, now that we're back, we wanted to talk about, I guess Gosh wanted to talk about dating a little bit. It sounds like you well, had some thoughts it, mulling through your head. It's not even uh, dating, just uh, relationships and uh, between people in uh, general. And there, there was a big, big, big change in the... Uh, I, I left the U.S., um, I think it was 2010. I got back in 2015. So uh, just coming back, I, you know, everybody and their mother complains about, oh, well, I can't find this particular kind of person that I'm looking for. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt you. You went to Kuwait in 2010, and then you came back in 2015. Correct. Okay, I was, so you were in uh, Kuwait for five years. Well, and not just Kuwait, uh, Middle East. I was, uh, I was a project manager for uh, oil and gas company, and then I worked uh, – with the uh, Red Crescent in uh, a couple of... Uh, Red Crescent is the Middle Eastern equivalent of the Red Cross. D- does your family have oil background? No. 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 My, my father's an airframe engineer and my mom's a uh, IT specialist. Oh, okay. So my I could go on and on. My, my family's really smart. I think I'm the dumb one. <laughs> so I feel that way sometimes, too. But you're the handsome True. one. <laughs> I, well, no, my brother's better looking than I am. Oh, no. I, I actually have to go to the gym. Oh, <laughs> so, no. Yeah, so it, it's, I was, uh, mo, 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 uh, well, I don't know who the hell's listening or watching, but I was a, I was a chunky boy, but I was a 300-pound, de- the, literally, I think the only reason why girls talked to me back when I was that big was because I was a DJ. Your transformation has been pretty miraculous. I am gorgeous. Yeah. No. But better looking. <laughs> I don't know, gorgeous. But, but I'm, I'm convinced literally the only reason I got to touch boobs back in the day was because I was a DJ. Because it sure as fuck wasn't the way I looked. That's fair. Now imagine how many that, boobs you would have gotten to touch if you weren't If I was trans. this. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear this on the microphone. It's a shame you can't see my finger is holding up right now. I don't think the listeners can hear your middle fingers, yeah. Yeah, back back when DJing was was actually something that could get you laid, and it wasn't just a total cliche, and what? everybody in the world wasn't a DJ. Well, I I, did, I honest honest to baby Jesus or baby Moses, I didn't do it for girls or attack. I no, honest, neither, neither did I. I and most good DJs don't. Most yeah. good DJs well, are not in it for popularity and fame. Well, and I, I, I sorry, would, sorry to break it to everybody, but I mean, good on you, those that can only get laid because you're a. DJ, I guess, <laughs> but it 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 literally the, the reason I got into it was I I have as much feeling as probably a cinder block. So <laughs> that's the, accurate. It thank you. So 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 trance was one of the 
it was literally i'm trying to remember what the song that i heard when oh it was um uh, Sarah McLaughlin's uh, Delirium. The uh, Silence Delirium. Uh, the oh, Delirium by... track. Yeah. The yeah. I, you're, you're, you're not doing it for me. <laughs> but I, I literally... I, I, I teared up the first time I heard it. It if, was... If you didn't cry, you don't... You're not human. You don't have a soul. During that. That, that my, is a my, very impactful track. Exactly. So <laughs> since then, I'm like, I feel something when I listen right. or I play this music. And it's, it's, it's this weird sensation because it's just not something I'm superbly... And I feel like that's how a lot of people were brought into the fold back in the day. But it's been, in my opinion, consumed by egotism and popularity. Well... On the way here. To, to a degree that almost makes me worried that it's going to go the way of disco and people are going to be like, oh, yeah, remember EDM? Oh, yeah, that shit died like nobody's business. Like, just, just just on the way here, I was listening to a couple of the uh, demos that I'm looking at for the... Great track. Thank you, Jason. Much appreciated. Oh, wait, he's talking about Delirium Silence. Yeah, I can't take credit for that. Not, 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 not your shit music. <laughs> not my shitty music. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, even the, uh, the, the big trance guys, Armin, all those guys, I was listening to a couple of the promo packs on the way down here and it's it's formulaic it's some right. stupid vocalist with stupid lyrics oh yeah like some, on a some stupid breakdown talking about stupid shit that no like when you when i listen mumble rap is just like the nth degree of that i've never listened to mumble i don't like rap so but, it, but what, what i'm saying is when you listen to, to continuing with the delirium mm-hmm. uh the lyrics are great you listen you're like oh this is Actually, kind of, there's some intelligence in here. Somebody yeah. spent. There's you know, a message. There's a, a substantial emotive there, message. There's a story the of some sort in there. Yeah, that wasn't written as an EDM track, though. You know that, right? But well, that was before it was even called that EDM. Was a, that was a remixed track. But even with stuff where uh, what was her name? Jan Janston. Jan Johnston. Uh, was it Johnston? It's or Janston? one or the other. I know who you're talking about, though. But I mean, they're, they're, the lyrics were a bit more substantial. It, it, it wasn't a two like two sentence mm-hmm. repetition of some stupid moronic thing that mm-hmm. nobody gives a flying fuck and, about. And Christy, um, oh, was her name um, the, the, was it Hawk? Kirsty Hawkshaw. Heck, she yes, did the, yes, she did the lyrics for BT's incredible. "Dreaming," which was actually oh, a amazing. a cover of, an, yeah. of of another non-electronic track. Well, and even BT himself, amazing vocalist. I, well, after after a I certain degree I of processing, I wouldn't him for that. <laughs> I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself an amazing vocalist. I'm just really good at melodyne. <laughs> and I he, think you, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> I think the same can be said for BT. He's an yeah. incredible but, producer. But, but again, it comes back to uh, the goddamn. I forgot the what, substance. The, the substance of being. yeah, the substance mm-hmm. of the the vocals. I, I don't want to keep being one of those guys who's like, well, back in the day, mm-hmm. but. The, the processing. Travis, Travis Beeler intro drop breakdown anthem drop back to the first drop outro every trance track. These days. Ex- ex- That's fairly accurate. Ex- exactly right, Travis. And and it's uh, sorry we have we have a live comments feed on Gosh's page right now that we're reading, and I think that's probably something I'm going to do on future shows because it uh, keeps it interesting. Thank you, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. 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 So, so, but uh, you, you you've impressed the old man Cuso as Ali refers to me. You're half my age. <laughs> He's old as shit. I don't know what to tell you. And I almost equal you in, in cynicism. Uh, give it another... You'll, you'll catch up when I've been dead for 10 years, and then you catch up another 10 years, then you'll understand. <laughs> but um, it, it's... Uh, going back to some of the promos that I was listening to on the way here, uh, first, the vocals are crap. 
that's mm-hmm. that, that's a meaningless. Bit, yeah, usually just trite bullshit me, about fucked up. Or, and and there there are a lot of uh, half decent tracks out there, and I, and I'm trying to imagine the uh, conversation in the studio where somebody goes, you know what, this is a good track. You know what would make it even better? A shit vocal on top, <laughs> and they're like, that's a fucking great idea, dude, and they. And they go ahead and do that. So uh, there's a lot of vocal uh, trance out there that gets that's not bad, but then gets ruined by some stupid shit vocal talking about partying, partying or rainbows or whatever the whatever the fuck it is they mm-hmm. talk about. There's there's a, and uh, a lot of those tracks. There's no way to get them without those goddamn vocals. So I end up not playing them. Yeah, right. that's a, that's another one. And then also kind of what's showing. We got a, a way off here, but what's showing as far as what's important with uh, mixing? Because back back in my day, uh, tracks were about <laughs> eight nine minutes long, and I would feel bad if I wasn't doing at least overlays for two two and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. So there's you know there's long enough of an intro on the track and a long enough outro on the track. To where you could do an interesting kind of in between. Yeah, that's that's called blending, kids. For those who who aren't familiar, or those who blending just cut or from one track to another exact seconds. That's called blending. Yeah, but when, not when they actually match. You know, it's something that DJs used to do. That used to be important. Well, that's when <laughs> that's when DJing was more an art. I I feel so now versus a like a self fellatio of popularity. Right, and <laughs> I've I've literally and I, I bitched about it a couple of weeks ago. I got it. I almost had a aneurysm. But it was a extended mix, and it was four minutes and thirteen seconds long. Right. Uh, so I don't even know what the non-extended mix was. Um, okay, so it was an extended mix of a track that was four minutes and thirteen. No, seconds no, no, long. no, no, no. The extended mix was four okay, minutes and thirteen. Okay, so the, seconds. Su- the substance of the track was like two minutes, basically. Well, there <laughs> was there was a thing that took over, and it was interesting because when Adam K, when mm-hmm. um, Adam Stark actually mm-hmm. had booked Adam K, we went out to dinner with him that night. And he said that a lot of um, EDM really changed when people started writing to fit inside of the Beatport sample. You know, mm-hmm. it, within the so that they could hit yeah, play will, exactly and, and be able to hit the substance so, of the track. You're so astute in the for lane. a non-producer. You're so observant. Well, but, but yeah, she's they'll, having they'll, sex with one. <laughs> they'll produce the track. <laughs> they'll produce. But they'll produce the track specifically to kind of have this tantric, like, oh shit, like the drop is coming in the beat port. 30 second clip and then it, 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 it'll either only drop for like half a second or it won't drop at all and then you're like oh shit I gotta like buy that tune so I can right. hear like they, what happens I, right. so now people will like write songs specifically I for that, never, that clip I never thought about that that's actually that. now that you've mentioned it that makes well they've gotten so fucking clever with the, the ways of like manipulating people what, and like but but what I'm saying is you have other uh, this is a conversation I had with some of the staff at Beatport uh, there's another site uh, track it down yeah, you yeah, can yeah. you can listen yeah. to the entire track. Yep, right. Whereas Beatport, you only have a pre-specified portion of the track you well, can listen I, to. I understand why they do that because they're so ubiquitous as an online marketplace that they probably have people who would just rip a it's impo- a, a 92 K, KBBS, well, KBBS it's, it's, stream and say this with, is good enough. With and, track it down, you can't continuously listen to the clip. It'll give you a portion, right. oh, and then okay. you have to click. 
to right. get it to play another portion. So anybody who would rip that isn't smart enough to piece them together. Well, well exactly right. So at, at that point, I mean, if they found a way to do it, at that point, I'm like, you know what, man? Have at it. If you're, if you're going to spend seven hours trying to get this thing right, right. for a 92K. But I, I, I didn't think... <laughs> it is, I, they've gotten shorter, and it is because yeah. of that. It is because of the preview clip, or that at least I, that was Adam K's. And because of people's attention but, spans being fickle. No, I, 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 don't, I, don't I, I really I, wouldn't I, I really wouldn't go I, necessarily I that think far. that but. might have been a result... Of what of you're this. saying. Sure. Right. Like a byproduct. Because, you know, it, yeah. what's funny is that people like BT and Dead Mouse and stuff like that, I always jokingly tell Joey when he would um, show me a track that was longer than like seven minutes, I was like, well, this is like super self-indulgent. I was like, this is like <laughs> BT style right here because most of BT and Dead Mouse's tracks, especially back in the day, and Dead Mouse still has a tendency to go back and forth mm-hmm. with this, but the, like nine minutes is almost a standard. That, that, and that's to, that unheard me, of. To you me, that's I mean? perfect. Right. Because... Uh, my rule of time to blend. Well, my my rule is two and two. So if there's a substantial like five minutes of track in the middle of unmixed music, that's great for me. Mm-hmm. But now with a four minute track, what in the flying fuck am I gonna do? Right. Besides slam mix a yeah, just slam between the two. Exactly, and that doesn't sound right. And at that point, what what differentiates me from any other asshole who's got a his crossfader on full? Right, and so you end up having to either well, and I know a lot of producers. If they get tracks like that, they'll either make their own extended versions of it. That's what I have to do. And draw out the track yeah, so I've they can do actually do times. something with it. Yeah. You just find the um, BPM and you just copy the intro. Russ or, Chimes actually does that a lot, too, outro. with his own mm-hmm. stuff. Like He'll release certain things, but then he'll have his and, own edit that is sometimes 12 uh, minutes long. But at that point, it's, that is so much... Right, it's a lot of work. It's a, yeah, for, for a track. <laughs> at, and at, at, at some point, I, I, I do think, I'm like, is this track good enough for me to actually put all this goddamn time in? Right. No, piss off. <laughs> right, or should I just write my own music? <laughs> so, right. <laughs> right, yeah. I think and, that's yeah, where everyone hits that point. If I'm going to yeah, be a producer, like a, they're like, God, I, I can do this so much better than but, you. But, but, <laughs> but, I, but I also think that it kind of branched into... DJing as a uh, skill disappearing because mm-hmm. there, there's literally no skill there's associated no with a 30 second crossover mix. There's right. no, there's nothing to it. It's just you're essentially you're, you're jukeboxing at that point, especially just, if you don't have to match mm-hmm. the beat and you just hit sync and you're using Tractor or Serato well, well, or whatever. Well, whatever it is. And but, so many people like that. That's such that's such a debate about like well technology evolves and like get with the times and so on and so forth and there are people who and we've had this conversation on previous shows where they utilize the technology effectively and they you know do juggling and they they bring in vocals and, and do really mm-hmm. creative stuff with their mixes but there's a lot of guys who just go up there with a fucking s4 and they just fade from one track to another and they act like they're djing and that's just it's not it, a monkey could do that right literally a the, child could do that. that's why they have the children on these foreign ta- on these foreign talent shows mm-hmm. where they're just up there like twiddling knobs and, and half the time it's not even fucking plugged in. People are like, ooh, ah. Well, at the end of the day, unfortunately, it doesn't matter what they're doing as long as what's coming out is enjoyable. But again, promoters kind of uh, – <laughs> they, they've, they've brought us into a shitty situation. Mm-hmm. And now it's really tough to pull out of that situation because it's essentially been entrenched for the last five, six, seven years, I would say. So now having a, uh, you know, like 18,000 DJs on a roster for a show is normal, which I think is stupid. Yeah. Because I, 
uh, I don't understand the it's logic. Just turn to festivals that. and stuff a lot. Well, too. well, is the is the assumption that each of those person will uh, each of those people will bring in more heads? Is that the assumption? Well, back when Do you think that's the logic behind it is back, that each of those people will be promoting, so therefore they need to cram as many people onto a show as possible. Back when I was uh, uh, during my uh, church residency, uh, we we touched on it, I guess, in the first uh, segment. Uh, we just did three DJs a night. We had an opener, we had a mid, we had a closer. All the other nights, they would have 15, 16, 17, 30 DJs. And keep in mind, it's only five hours. So you're, you're playing nine to two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What in the name of fuck are you going to do with 20 DJs? And what kind of uh, what, what kind of music flow? And, and well, what everybody and what happens is everybody picks the one artist that they want to see, and then you know they they only see like three artists that night, and then that's it. But but so there's no incentive for anybody to go to side stages if one of their favorite artists. I'm, is I'm not the main even, stage. I'm not even talking about stages now. I'm talking yeah, about, about nightclub nightclubs. We'll, 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 we'll get we'll get to the uh, stages and festivals, but for a club night, and I mean I've done this long enough that I understand how floor vibe works what keeps people on floor what makes people go what where to where to start getting more aggressive where to kind of bring it back down but people will leave if there is a very sharp change in mood or flow of a set especially sure. in a club environment it's it's like an immediate distraction right because uh, if you're playing a genre people are kind of groovy even if it's a shit genre <laughs> so even if you're playing tech house, but <laughs> oh no, yeah. So I love uh, tech house for the record. I don't. <laughs> but uh, if, if if say for instance, I, I remember a particular show. Uh, you remember Bick? Bick. Bickrum. Uh, Dark Ghost Productions. I can't. No. I remember Big Bang, which should no, 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 no. B I K. Anyway, uh, he was a decent fella, promoter. Uh, Apparently, did too much drugs and shot his neighbor and went to jail forever. Oh, oh wow! Nice. So, I don't know. Anybody remember? No, no. Okay. God damn! There seems to be some fucked up shit in this scene. I mean, well, I guess the same thing could be said for any scene, but, right? But I, like, I like. I was the most sober person in the entire community. Yeah, I believe everybody thought I was fucked up because I always wore sunglasses. But it's just <laughs> I didn't want the lights and lasers shining in my eye. But he he was throwing a uh, drum and bass show. And then, for some crazy reason, he he asked for me to close the show. And I told him, "You're you're aware that I'm not <laughs> uh, that that I'm not. so I, I somehow made it work, but it was such a really difficult thing to do because it would just be easier if you just had a logical flow to the music. But now, when you have these 800 DJs playing a show or a <laughs> club or a stage. Right. People are going to leave. Yeah, time yeah. slots getting smaller has definitely. Um, yeah, gonna, I don't think it's gonna, helped that. Who's going to remember a thirty-minute set? Nobody. Nobody. Right, no one does. And you know, interestingly enough, you know, Denver just passed the law that clubs are actually going to be open until four a.m. Now. I think it's going to get worse. So you think? right. So now we're now we're, you don't we're think given be an extra thing? time. I mean, I mean, that's oh, no, what no. Vegas does. How, yeah. What do you think? How do you think that's going to affect everything? Like, what's your opinion they're, on that? They're going to put more crap DJs. In shorter time slots, so they can. Ma- th- th- this is this is the thing. I go back to promoters. The re- there's there's a way to do things right and make a lot of money at it. You can make a lot more money doing things shitty. 
But when you do it that way, you kind of burn out the community that you're in. Uh-huh. Mm. So it's not as sustainable. So what, what with the events that we have now, not just Colorado, everywhere in general, I feel that we're very close to kind of that bursting point because we've just beat this thing into absolute submission in – I agree. I fr- agree from, a, from, a, from a point of view of – I mean I, I, I was privy to a couple conversations a few months ago. Uh, Base Nectar has a agreement for 1.2 million per show for every – and it's like a four-year agreement. Um, that what, is incomprehensible. What in the fuck are you paying somebody $1.2 million for? Yes, he's a producer. Yes, he brings people. But what in the fuck are you doing paying a, a, a DJ $1.2 million? That's a, 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 the quality of a show goes down because now 80% of your funding has to go to these de- – uh, like decadence last uh, last year. The amount of DJs they had to book, I don't even know how right, many. But that's the DJ's fault, though. They have literally priced promoter, themselves out of the industry sometimes prom, in some cases. Promoters enabled them. If promoters would say, no, you're not fucking worth $1.2 million. Right. It, I guess it would depend on how much they're making. But, but I the, don't know. But again, the thing is, is when you pay DJs that much, mm-hmm. that reduces your budget, but also that increases the price for tickets. I remember when we could go, mm-hmm. I could go see Armin Van Buren. For fifteen bucks, they shouldn't right. be getting paid as much as football right, that, players. I mean, that's Vegas I don't think money. football players should be getting paid that much anyway. But, no, but and I mean, I agree. That's like that's Vegas money for for DJs, and now it's kind of like. But promo- promoters have allowed it. The fact that they let it happen—it's right. again, it's like with uh, Beatport not stepping in to fix or enforce genre classifications. Mm-hmm. Promoters haven't stepped in and said, "Look, we're not going to pay you this much." One let it slide here. One let it slide here, and now we're paying millions for 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 a de- I I know how hard work, how much work it is to DJ. I would feel shitty if I got more than you know twenty thousand for a gig. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But one point two million. What is it that I'm doing that right. makes it worth? Yeah, at that point, I would say, you know what? Let's do a profit share with the event. But are you conducting a scientific experiment up right, there? Like, right. NASA gets less uh, money than uh, than these guys. But 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 what I definitely do. But but what I'm saying is, they become expensive. The quality of the event goes down because you don't have enough money to to pay for. I, I there it's was, usually stage shows. There's usually stage setup and things like that. Um, you know, and things like I even know. I know Dead Mouse is actually paying for his tour. But like that, up front and stuff. You know what I mean? Like I know that there's more involved in it than them just showing up anymore. But but again, for Dead Mouse, sure, maybe. Tiesto was doing it for a while, mm-hmm. sure, maybe. Mm-hmm. But okay, let's take Bass Nectar. Mm-hmm. What's he bringing besides bad hair? I don't know. I, I don't go to those shows. I have but, to be but, honest. But, the guy, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. The guy, the guy, charges, the guy charges 1.2 million. What, what right. is it that you're doing? Yeah, like, I have no idea. So you're, you're, you're annihilating the uh, – because I, uh, I think it was with Adam. I was at the Beatport office uh, the other day, and I, was wa- and I was looking at these stages, and they're amazing stages. Right. But they, they hired very good but not super well-known DJs. And the events were great. Everybody, just the production level was mm-hmm. amazing because they had enough money to where they could do mm-hmm. something that was entertaining. But just to, you know, pay that much money for some asshole in a tank top and a douchey hairdo to come play for <laughs> half an hour with his five minute slam mixes, no. <laughs> See how I brought it around there. <laughs> so brought it back like a comedian. Yeah. So it's so. The, so 
it's I keep coming back to promoters enabled it, and I don't know how to what what the best way to get out of it is because a lot of good people have left. Yeah, because it's just too frustrating to keep going in this mm-hmm. particular uh, uh, pathway because they don't feel appreciated. But then you get you know like chain smokers, for instance, mm-hmm. they're okay. But they came out of nowhere, and now they're commanding a lot of money. But and honestly, I'm going to compliment you here, so be careful. <laughs> you make much better music, and you were making much better music even 12 years ago. And I was it 12? Yeah, about 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I met you. It's been it, a long time. Yeah. So it, even back then, even at your beginning, you were making better music than they're making now. Mm-hmm. But they're making a shit ton of way more money, and they're way more famous than either you or I. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's okay. I think there's a lot of politics involved. Well, there's politics with everything. Yeah. I still come back to... It's marketing. It's the promoter's fault. Yeah. But again, what's right doesn't mean that's what's going to work. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Racism is wrong, but that's there what's, it is. Co- what's cool. Ah, brought it back twice. <laughs> brought it back to racism. <laughs> All right. Time. On the heel of Gosh's compliment, we're going to take another quick break. I'm going to play a couple more tracks for you. The first track is going to be another one that's on Velcro City Records. It's called Fucking Tell Mini, Hate This, Love That, the Joe Man remix. And I'm going to follow that up with a track that you can find on Global Dance Music titled The Light Up the Night, which is uh, remember that me on the vocals. And I hope you, t- you enjoy the following two tracks here on KUHS Denver. Thank you. 
And we're back. You're tuned into the Joe Man Show on KUHS Denver. This is episode five, titled The Angriest Man in the World, uh, due to the fact that my guest this evening is DJ Gosh, and my other guest is Ali Janish of Bluebird Botanicals and Ali Janish Photography. Thank you guys for joining me. You're welcome. We, on, we only have a few minutes left, so uh, I just wanted to leave it open, see what we could maybe close with, maybe something interesting, maybe something poignant, maybe not. Who gives a shit? <laughs> you want to go first? Oh, wow. I get the offer and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we were... I can't even remember what we were discussing. Well, music, but I think we've uh, kind of hammered that one to death. We've <laughs> that one out well, then I, I will take a second to go ahead and say that if... Uh, for if you're looking for hemp products, um, anything like that, uh, definitely visit uh, www.bluebird-botanicals.com. Um, They're they one of the leading CBD companies here in Colorado. Definitely, definitely a larger one. Um, they are one of the most compassionate um, companies I've ever had the privilege of working for. Um, they are. Uh, they're they're definitely ahead above the rest. And on your first time order, if you enter in the coupon code first time, you will get twenty percent off your first order online. Thank you, Allie. And thank you, Gosh, for coming uh, on and living up to your reputation of being angry. Oh, I, I it wasn't even anywhere near uh, full uh, throttle tonight. Uh, <laughs> I I guess I'll plug something too here. Uh, yeah, go for it. For uh, any of you that are tuned into the show or the live feed here, um, I'm gonna. I've set aside uh, ten uh, spots for the March 16th show for uh, Oakenfold. It's actually a free list, so it's very limited. So the first ten people that uh, message me on uh, Facebook, I'll I'll get you guys the uh, listing. And if we're talking poignant, what's the date again? I'm sorry, March 16th, 2000. 17th at Beta Nightclub in Denver, Colorado. Good deal. One of the top-rated nightclubs in the nation, by the way. Yes, that's. I, I only do the best. So, <laughs> or but, wherever Adam is promoting. He's a well, humble man. I fuck humble. <laughs> but but if, if we're going to leave on poignant, I'll leave you guys on this. Uh, a lot of people confuse uh, anger for hate. That's not at all what uh, I advocate. A lot of what makes me angry is the hate that i see so it's it's not this i don't hate everything i'm just angry about uh, a lot of things so if you guys do things right and proper that'll probably uh helping me not being angry and probably beating the shit out of you <laughs> so. so so you're kind of a vigilante uh to, to some extent but a, a lot of people think they're uh they're the same thing it's it's not anger and hate are completely different so you know, I I do advocate like loving each other and being nice and everything, but it's all the <laughs> it's all the stupid shit you do that makes me angry. So <laughs> so, so that I'll, I'll I'll leave you guys on that. Uh, I, Joey, I really appreciate you inviting me to the show. It's Allie, been a pleasure, Gosh. Thank and you, Allie. It's been for goddamn ever. So hopefully, hopefully, it's not uh, next time I see you is not <laughs> like well, quite as long. Be good, yeah, quite yeah. as long. It was a pleasure. Yeah, it was so. A lot of fun. Yeah, thank you guys for joining me. You've been tuned in to KUHS Denver. This is the Joe Man Show. You can catch us every Sunday from 6 to 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time here on KUHS Denver. And I wish you all a fabulous evening. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>